On today's episode of Podcasting Smarter, I'm going to be speaking with Susie of Kaspersky. We're going to talk about all different ways that you can use podcasts to grow your business using company-branded podcasts. Enjoy the episode. Susie, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us today. How's it going? Really good. Nice to meet you, John, and uh, happy to join you today from sunny London. Of course. Thank you so much for joining. And I love the uh, I love the city that you have in the background here. As you yep. can see, I am in a lovely studio here. So always good to be able to connect with people <laughs> all around the world. So the global village, indeed. Before we jump into our interview here, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about Kaspersky. Tell us a little bit about yourself yeah. and uh, tell us a little bit about the company. Yeah, so Kaspersky, we're the largest privately owned cybersecurity company in the world. We're running, um, serving customers in almost every country in the world out of 46 different, uh, 46 different offices. So we cover everything in the business space, right from a tiny barbershop in Italy through to an industrial facility in Kazakhstan or Sao Paulo. And we also support customers with cybersecurity products. You probably know us as an antivirus brand, but we cover all kinds of cyber threats happening in the world. Uh, and basically, our company mission is about keeping the world safer and keeping our online lives safer. So I'm part of a team called Brand Activation Studio. Uh, we set up as a storytelling group and we run branded content on a channel called Tomorrow Unlocked, which is our consumer channel. And another channel I run called Secure Futures, which is a business channel. We're, we're creating educational, valuable content right across audio, video, uh, long form, um, um, long form kind of editorial content. And it's all about helping businesses and helping individuals live safer lives with engaging content that's going to help them take action. And I think that's important, especially now in 2021, where technology basically runs most facets of our lives, too. Absolutely, I, yeah. I became very familiar with uh, with you through Shannon, our director of communications here through the first podcast that you had mentioned, which brings up my first question here. When did Kaspersky decide to bring podcasting into their place of work? So actually, Kaspersky have run a podcast for a number of years. It's called Kaspersky Transatlantic, and it's a bi-monthly chat format show where we have two guys called Jeff from the US and David from the UK, which is where the name Transatlantic comes from. And they talk um, basically about what's happening in the news in a humorous, light way to talk about how cyber threats are happening day to day in the world. Um, but in my team, we wanted to try a slightly different approach, and we wanted to move beyond that typical kind of interview format of podcasting and so we wanted to expand our storytelling remit into audio um, so this year I commissioned a series called Fast Forward um, it's our first series it's presented by BBC radio broadcaster Ken Hollings he's just such a super brain he's such a, an amazingly clever guy he knows all about technology and history tremendous stuff happening in his brain I have a lot of respect from um, Ken when I've heard him like talking and on the radio um, so I asked him to put together this series and it looks at the past, present and future of network technologies. And we get to meet these just amazing people from academia, industry and the arts. So we're covering very deep and philosophical topics like artificial intelligence, uh, the Turing test, where uh, it was a test to, to test whether a human or a robot. Um, we've got stories about how COVID-19 is changing how we work from home. 
about how we interact uh, with technology in our supermarkets to buy our food. Um, probably my favourite episode of this series is where we go deep into deep space. And it's about how business is changing the landscape of space and also how women in space are starting to, to have their day. Um, so it's a fan- it was a fantastic opportunity to commission some just stuff I would want to listen to, really amazing audio content. And I guess the purpose of that series is to get through our brand mission about keeping the world safer. We also have segments about um, security of data and security of devices within the show um, but it's just interesting story about stories about technology so I basically got to commission a podcast I wanted to listen to um, under the brand and we put that out there both to I guess consumer and business audiences through the Podbean network um, and also Bright Talk which is a webinar network business that we run um, we're just getting excellent feedback there about the quality of that um, production because we've seen it as an audio documentary it's not a podcast it's not something we do every week we only committed to six episodes of it um, initially so it was something that was manageable for us to produce within our time and budgets as well uh, as a small team and I like that you brought it up as an audio documentary also you know obviously Podbean is a podcast hosting company and so everything that we frame isn't very much of a podcast way you could consider an audio documentary a podcast in a way but the thing is the way you're framing it and the way you're using the platform and podcasting and uh, audio production is a way to you know deliver this message like you said about technology from all different walks of life AI the space all these different things uh, so it, the way that you're using it, I think, really showcases a different way that people can think about using podcasting and hosting as a medium. You know, you have this outlet that allows you to upload pre-recorded audio. Uh, we do offer the live stream side, too. But for your case, you're using the uh, pre-recorded audio that you're uploading. And I think you have an idea and a vision and an awareness for how you want to leverage, you know, audio in your place of work. And the fact that you're seeing it as, you know, an audio series, like you said, that I think gives more people the idea of, okay, when I go into listening to Kaspersky's podcast here, uh, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm expecting. And you're also setting the expectation. Like you said, you're not doing a weekly broadcast. So maybe they'll say, okay, cool. Here's a collection of audio pieces that I can listen to for this specific topic. Absolutely, because for us, um, we're a brand awareness team. We're not there to just create noise either internally or noise in the marketplace because there's plenty of noise in communications as we know sure. so when we look at anything that we create um, uh, our core focus of our team is to create documentary video content we don't just try and create stuff that's watchable for a brand we try and win awards for other films not even brand awards we do win film film credit awards for short films and documentary films so we wanted to reach that same standard that we've been able to achieve in video with audio um, through this first commission of the series fast forward and for me one of the interesting things about branded content is it actually has to be better than what's happening in the commercial broadcasting space so you know I, I'm in the UK we have really high quality public radio from the BBC that produces documentaries um, like like the one we commissioned from Ken Hollings in fact so we have to stand up to the fact that it's an attention economy people would choose which podcast to spend time with. And yeah, they're usually going to spend time with the top 100 podcasts. And what, you know, as a small company or even as a brand, you're probably not going to be in that top 100. So how are you going to reach people? We actually have to be better 
You know, you have to produce things that are really high quality that competes with things like public radio. It's, it's well rehearsed and it's just as credible because people are quite cynical about branded content. If they hear at the beginning it's branded content, they might they might tune out or they really want to be hooked in earlier because they're naturally cynical about advertising and they want to know that something's valuable for them. So if you get people to actually engage and spend time on your uh, audio series or podcast, you know that's a really meaningful engagement for you as a brand. Now, you talked a lot about a couple of different things here. You talked about the branding side, you talked about the production, you talked about the high quality that you're producing. And that comes from both the content that you're delivering, but also from the gear that you're using and from uh, making sure that, like you said, your content is keeping up with these top 100 podcasts. So I'd like to go over a few points of the production for your audio series, uh, such as who creates the content, who produces the content, and then how do you release the content or who's responsible for uh, getting the content uploaded to Podbean, which then goes to all the different directories. Yeah, absolutely. Good question, John. So we're a small, fairly small team. Um, there's seven of us in our wider team who are all working on different um, consecutive products. So we're lucky that we do have a commissioning budget. We're not expected to produce everything in-house. And that's how we raise quality, really. I mean, you could make a, um, a video series just with one camera person and someone, someone back at base. You have to have a production team to do that. So we commissioned a production team called Sounds Fancy based in Brighton in the UK, um, who worked closely with Ken Hollings previously on com uh, um, commercial and public radio. So we already knew that they really worked together well as a team. And what was really great about this small production team was it was very independent. We had that freshness and speed. It wasn't like working with a, a slightly slower corporate creative agency, um, but they were able to really deliver and, and find us those top-notch guests to work with. And they were also composers as well. So we worked with um, Simon Sound, he's called, and he is actually the audio producer, but also a composer. So he composed original music for the series um, and also composed it in a way that we had really, really good quality sound design. So some parts of our episodes, particularly where we go into deep space, it's in binaural. So you can put your headphones on and really feel that you're in that space. And that's what we wanted to achieve. We didn't want it to be just a kind of listening in the background activity. We wanted it to be a really foreground show that you could you could really sit and listen to in headphones and concentrate and really get that that in-depth um, experience of what you're learning about. I want to touch on that too, because with podcasting and with audio production, it can be such an engaging medium. We always talk about the low cost point of entry, which I think is really important for podcasting in general. Um, but I also like what you're saying here, where you have this company that's able to come in, you have a composer that you're working with, that's really able to set the stage too. And you're talking about, like you said, if you're you know, producing an episode that's in space, you're able to create that atmosphere so people really can get engaged with the content. I think that's something for a lot of podcasters and people who are producing content to consider. You know, there's so many long form content podcasts out there. There's so many short form content podcasts, but really with audio, it gives you the ability to set the stage if you can even have a bed of music. One of my favorite podcasts I always go back to is um, I'm a big fan of horror for those that don't know. And one of my favorite podcasts reviews different horror movies. It's about a two hour podcast, but throughout the podcast, they have little beds of, let's say a little horror style music eerie music dread music that kind of stuff and i think great yeah it goes ahead and helps build the aura around the content that you're talking about because you could just talk about horror movies it's fine but if you have that little bed that little subtlety it helps immerse you in the content even more and especially for the kind of content that 
you know, that you're talking about here, it can only help people dive in. And if you're making it a branded podcast, it comes off less as advertising and it comes off more as like you said, telling stories, telling people a, uh, yeah, telling people a story and really touching that storytelling content that you, uh, that you discussed. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was just touching on a few points of that. Um, what I've described that more audio documentary, the original composition, I appreciate if you're a small business, it's probably not an investment that's going to be too easy to make. Um, and it really is about the medium and the message here. So, you know, if it's about getting the ideas across, and you've got great speakers, perhaps you need to focus on a cool or quirky format or just sure. an interesting format that draws people in. And then perhaps, you know, a little bit of attention to the production and post-production to edit is really important, I think, and investing a bit more time there. But you maybe don't need to go the whole hog with original composition, but it's about getting the idea out there. Um, but it, it really depends where you're coming from. So if we compare our audio series to the video series we produce, I had quite a hard task there because I had to persuade my wider team um, to divert some money. We would have spent building a successful video channel. So we have 100,000 subscribers to our channel tomorrow unlocked already. So there was a bit of cynicism. Well, do, you, do we really want to split this audience now into audio? Because ultimately, we've only got a certain amount of money to spend on production and distribution. Um, and I thought long and hard about it and had to do a lot of planning internally with my team to justify the value of it and that we could produce the audio far less than video for comparative cost per minute. And our test then was to see what the engagement rate is, because as a team, we're challenged in two fronts. One is the quality of the creative work. Can we win awards like proper awards, not just <laughs> brand awards or uh, local market awards? Um, and also what is the dwell time? So how many minutes do people spend engaging with the depth of our content? What we found with audio through the um, uh, data that we were able to get from the Podbean platform, um, we were able to see where people were, were spending time with our episodes. The dwell time was on average five minutes or more per episode. So although the episodes were 20 minutes, it's still very, very, very good engagement rate. You, you just wouldn't get that what you call a, a view through or listen through rate on video channels like YouTube as good as that, you know? So we were really, really delighted with that. Um, and when we combine that from a distribution point of view, and we work with a, another partner recommended by Podbean called Adelicious. Um, and we work with them because they were a PR agency who helped us both with placement of our podcast in other related topics. So we um, had a placement in a series called Wild Wild Tech, which was actually a brilliant and awesome series that I really enjoyed listening to. And they, they hosted some segments of our show in there. And they also dealt with advertising in terms of banner adverts and things like that. And one of the reasons we needed to go down that route as a brand is we wanted to prove that we had trackable media um, I think where, where we have limitations when it comes to getting your investment and your return on investment in audio content is that most of the other solutions that were proposed to us were all about audio adverts, which makes sense. You know, if you're sure. listening to audio, you want to hear an audio advert. But the big problem is that's not trackable. When you compare it to video where you've got um, things like YouTube, TrueView and other very sophisticated ad formats, it's all fully clickable, trackable. You know how many seconds, you know where people have clicked through. So there's a nervousness when it comes to media professionals um, that, 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 that ultimately sign off my media budget about saying, well, if we invest in audio, we don't really know whether it's worked or not. Um, so I think that's a big limitation of the industry. 
really I really hope we get there with it um, with more like better better kind of quality trackable media um, and I do think that that's a really big challenge we're pushing forward investment in audio but certainly one of the mistakes I've also seen is where people are coming from a, a brand or a con, uh, some kind of brand or organization and they're putting out a brilliant podcast and they're putting on LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook and people are listening but ultimately they don't have a huge number of downloads and follows but it's because like any other kind of attention media, you have to spend some money on PR and marketing and advertising. If you don't do that, then, you know, it's just the billboard in a desert sort of analogy. Um, so I think this is just a big challenge, really. Perhaps the, the, the podcasting and audio uh, content world is not quite as sophisticated as the video world for comparison. But it does really provide those outlets and opportunities to do at a low cost Um and another big opportunity I felt this year with audio is speed. So we're in a world which is ground to a halt. It's very hard to make video documentaries now, now because we're literally grounded. Our, our in-house video producer wasn't able to leave um, his, his country for 12 months. Um, but audio has literally allowed us to open up that world to experts. And it's also quite hard when you're a company or a brand to get people to take part in things because some will kind of you'll know from your own networks or you'll be able to persuade by talking to them in detail or please give up your time to make this um, video series for us but video is a big time commitment it typically we ask at least a day if not two days for professionals time and at a senior level it's really really hard to get that because they'll say I need approval I haven't got time I'm too busy but with audio you can literally carve an hour of someone's time get an in-depth interview and you're done so access to experts has been a thousand percent easier by moving from audio than it was for comparative products for productions that we've done in video series absolutely and i think that the audio ease is something that you know we're really seeing happen in the 2020 2021 time and i think a lot of podcasters and a lot of audio uh, aficionados are taking advantage of that fact you know like you said you can have people like us you're uh, overseas, I'm here in the US and we have this ability to communicate. We are recording uh, video right now, but this is going to be an audio podcast as well. So this is something where we can carve out that short amount of time. Like you said, you don't have to have a huge production studio with lights and someone that has to, you know, fly or uh, drive, depending where you are, uh, into a full studio. You have the ability to do it usually within the comfort of your own home or the comfort of your own time, I think is a better way to say it. Um, so it definitely opens up the ability for that communication and the ability to bring in more people in a way that you might not have been able to before. And like you said, video is a great medium, but audio offers a lot less restriction. It offers the ability for the listener to be able to listen wherever. Um, one thing I tell people also is, you know, and this might not be true for your video podcast, because it sounds like you do a full production, which I think is fantastic. Um, there's a lot of people who do produce video podcasts. And really, it's just to take advantage of the video mediums, you know, for example, like you have a YouTube, uh, people will still just post a single image, which I think is great, but it's real uh, with the audio. But I think it's really just to take advantage of, oh, okay, let me have another place that you can find my podcast. You know, you'll have these video interviews like we have here, which again, I think is great. And you can take advantage of the video platform. Um, but when you really think about the what people are doing when they're listening to these audio series, a lot of the times they're just listening. And that happens to be the outlet that they're using at the time. You know, so I think that there is, yeah. a, if you're really going to dive down the road of making video content, really do it like you guys are doing. Take the time, develop the video content in a way that's going to make it a bit separate from the audio experience. Yeah. But 
you can go ahead and really get a lot of leverage out of an audio only podcast. And like you said, you can really attract guests in a different way too. Absolutely. But actually, that was one of the biggest production challenges that we had. Um, we have a really good following on YouTube, on Instagram, We're effectively a community. We're building a cyber culture community on our channel, Tomorrow Unlocked. And one of the challenges was, how are we going to promote this audio series on our social channels? And then I was in a bit of an ah moment. And actually, a lot of my time as executive producer was spent on creating marketing materials. So materials we could use on our social channels. So what I did was I commissioned uh, a great artist we work with called Paul Sizer, who's, who's a fantastic artist who works across a very uh, retro futuristic style, which suited the nature of the series um, and also our in-house animator. And we worked on creating a very strong visual identity that tied in with our uh, brand guidelines for Tomorrow Unlocked, but also had its own identity as a series. We created um, visuals and very cute short animations um, for each film. And then additionally, uh, because the, sto the stories were a lot involved about history and things from the past. We used free video footage from something called Prelinger Archive, which is a free US uh, historical archive. We created basically promo videos. Um, we created one minute, 30 second, 15 second for Instagram reels. And that was the content we put on our channels to promote the audio. Um, it's a great idea. Uh, it was relatively low cost for us to do that because we were working with existing freelancers, but it was a hell of a lot of work for me <laughs> to do it. And I kind of wished just the audio in itself and nothing else around it uh, would have made my job a lot easier. But I think we do live in a multimedia world, as you say, John. So it's thinking about what is the right medium for the message. And when we looked into it, we thought, well, do we try and get video capture of people being interviewed and put that on our YouTube channel? And my recommendation, having reviewed a lot of this, was no, you know, this, this material isn't going to get a lot of uh, view through on YouTube. It's not high quality enough for YouTube. So maybe think about putting something different in YouTube um, and Instagram that promotes and draws that traffic or awareness of that brand and really focusing on creating that brand in thinking about what the visual style, the messaging is. Um, I think that's a really valuable piece of work to do at the start of any uh, audio series is to really focus on what does your visual brand and your, your logo and your ident and carrying that through all the assets that you create across different promotional channels. Absolutely. Really taking advantage of each individual channel. And again, is there anything wrong with taking your audio content and putting it on YouTube? Absolutely not. Is there anything wrong with taking the audio rip from a video and loading up it as a podcast? Absolutely not. But like you said, I think the most effective use of those mediums, if you can, and if you find that your topic is really going to benefit more from isolating audio and isolating video and making them their own separate uh, brands, if you will, they, you know, you can't go wrong with creating different placements and different, I don't want to say different content, but creating different presentations of the content. So I think that's really important. Like you said, mm -hmm. the other thing that I really like to talk about from the, uh, the marketing side of it is the fact that even though it was a lot of work for you, like you said, you did take advantage of the different mediums of social media, but you created short advertisements, kind of like you're saying, using uh, some different media. So for people that are just like, how do I grow my podcast how, for businesses that are saying, I do want this to be a brand builder, you know, you still should put some work into what's going to work on different mediums. You know, even if you're just doing images, for example, look at what the aspect ratios are that are going to work in the pixel sizes for each 
platform of social media. If you have something like Instagram, which allows you to do reels and do IGTV and allows you to do short form videos, take advantage of each of those. You can even repurpose a lot of the media that you're using to, you know, acclimate to each of these different social media channels effectively. But I think yeah. what you did was perfect there. It wasn't just, okay, we have a podcast now. Let's cross our fingers and people see it. You did make uh, that time investment. Yeah. yeah. I think that I had an advantage coming from a quite a production driven marketing background, but there was a lot of complexity there, you know, and for me, there was a really steep learning curve because this is the first um, audio series I've, I've produced. Sure. So there was a very complicated Google spreadsheet with all the different <laughs> things that, the, that we needed to make or the different advert audio versions or the different kind of crops that we needed. Um, it was, you had a fantastic um, production person, John Callahan, uh, also based in the UK, a great freelancer who was just fantastic at being able to work across that medium. So I think you need that versatility as well you know we work with a really great illustrator and then a versatile person who could do animation and audio editing and and kind of crops and uh, sort of um uh, manipulating those core assets done by the specialist to just make sure they all fitted the right time constraints and uh, length constraints so you, you need to build that in but you also need to build that into your time and budgets it's, again it's not just about the billboard in the desert of hey here's my podcast now um, you know give me my podcast award <laughs> there's a lot more to do just because the market is very crowded and if you're a brand don't assume that anyone is going to be in any way interested in listening to your podcast also i, I do want to for our listeners here i don't know if you've caught it but Susie's doing something very good in this entire interview here she's giving credit where credit is due for each of the people that have taken the uh the work in this in this just audio series you know she's talking about her illustrators she's talking about the production companies that she's worked with so just from a side of anybody that you work with when you do have the opportunity to you know have like a podcast interview or when you're out in the market and you're talking about what you've done and what you brought always give that appreciation to the people that did the work i i can't thank you enough and i know that they can't thank you enough for that well but i think i think the thing is obviously when you just see something coming from a brand you always assume that it's kind of a corporate thing or there's a big budget attached in a lot of cases it isn't it's just a few individual people like me hq running around with different people <laughs> getting stuff done and getting things approved and signed off and you know commissioning specs so it's you know it is just people trying to create the best they can with the resources they've got and you can scale all of what, what i've just said to a much lower level you can spend less on advertising you can spend less on production but you just need to decide where the cuts are for meeting the brand standards that you need. I mean, if you're a small local business, then perhaps, you know, say you're a local coffee shop, you know, you might have a fantastic format of have a cup of coffee with us and you meet all the great colorful people in your local community and local businesses. That could be a fantastic uh, resource. But, you know, if you're if you're IBM, you might want to op open it up a notch because people are going to be very cynical about what you do. And they will expect you to be able to deliver at the standards that uh, you're delivering all of your other customer touch points at. So it's it's just what is the level for your brand? Um, another thing I wanted to just touch on was yeah, thinking please. about how we expand the versatility. So um, one of the things I'm looking into now is uh, we have a lot of successful video documentary series, like um, a series called Hacker Hunter, which is a real life cybercrime series. And I know that real life crime is just such a hot topic for, for podcasts. Yep. So we're looking at now how we can actually sync up our productions. So would it be possible for us to go out and film a series of episodes of our cybercrime series and then do an audio version, which goes a bit deeper into the topics, speaks to the same experts. We haven't 
worked out how and if we do all this yet. But for me, this is a really exciting area that you can have things that work across video and across audio. And for me, audio is something you go deeper into. It's a bit longer. It's more immersive. It's something you might listen to at night and put your headphones on. Um, and my, my background is um, not working in radio, actually, but just as a radio fan. <laughs> um, I've always been really passionate about uh, radio drama and um, radio factual radio. Um, I actually did a work placement once at a, a series called The Archers on the BBC, okay. which is the longest running uh, radio drama ever. <laughs> it had been going for like 90 years. <laughs> and I learned a lot just from just seeing how determined and how quick and how rapid people work in that in that radio drama space because it's on a, done on a shoestring. So the, the world's you know, the top radio drama is just, just done with the slightest glimmer of glimmer of line between one situation and another. And we always have to be adaptable when it comes to radio. We, we don't, we, and radio and audio, we just don't have the, the budgets that television and film have, but what can we achieve with, with the resources that we do have? Of course. And also one thing to go back to, you also brought up the coffee house and then you brought up IBM and you brought up the ability to get creative with what you're putting out, you know, and I think that really speaks to the ability of you being able to be a business of any size, you know, and really be able to leverage the audio side to help you grow your business. So I want to ask the question here, what have been some of the benefits of using audio to build brand awareness for Kaspersky? Well, um, we're still in the early processes of it as we've only just finished the first series of Fast Forward, but we certainly see from an efficiency point of view, it's delivering as well uh, or almost as well as video. So that's really positive. It's helping us reach new audiences. I think it's giving us credibility because of the depth of audio. You know, you can create longer form, more immersive stories. So it helps us get our mission across, which is quite a complicated mission, you know, saying, well, you know, we put software on your computers and phones. And that helps us save the world. How do you do that exactly? Right. <laughs> so, you know, it helps us kind of get our kind of more CSR, I guess, corporate social responsibility mission of what we're trying to do to help the wider world across um, in that medium. So um, I think like all new channels, though, it's just it gives you a different audience that you wouldn't have had if you just run more of the same. So if you do video successfully, which we, which we do do with Tomorrow Unlocked, and we just ran more of the same video, we wouldn't necessarily have a chance to reach deeper and reach wider audiences, particularly at the kind of audio listening demographic that might be slightly older than the um, video demographic. Sure. And I guess kind of on that, the final question I do have for our interview today, if another business is considering bringing podcasting into the workplace in a company branded podcast format, What's a piece of advice that you'd like to offer them in support of branded podcasting? Well, don't feel that you need to commit to high volume because that seems to be the first roadblock. So it doesn't have to be weekly, bi-weekly or even monthly. Commit to a fixed series and just make it really good. If you need to call that a pilot internally, if your intention is to go and go deeper and have it more regular, but just really think about the quality benchmarks that you want to make, you know, um, how is this going to match other things you have in the market, perhaps in digital advertising, at least that you're putting out or ECRM marketing, will this meet the same standards of quality? So don't cut those corners by, you know, trying to do it yourself on a headphone. <laughs> yeah. uh, hire people that know what they're doing. You know, there's so many great people. I'm 
I'm from a musician background myself, and there's so many great musicians out there who, who are fantastic audio editors and can help you trim your podcast and put in cool music at the beginning and end, make it a bit more original. You know, you don't just need to use the first library sound file that comes out because everybody else is using the same one. So just think about making it a bit, a bit original. Um, and if you are really strapped for cash, think about that format. So what is the format that will make you differentiated and memorable? Like, for example, it's really, really sad one. You have to get your hankies out. <laughs> That's handkerchiefs <laughs> in the States. But it's called Griefcast. And I really like it because it's a comedian I know. And she inter interviews people mainly in light entertainment and comedy about how they felt about grief after a loved one dies. So there's a very strong format and it's unexpected because you don't expect these people from the world of entertainment to, to experience these deep, sad, traumatic feelings. But it's done in a, in, in a light conversational way. And that's just a brilliant, just one example of a million different formats out there of having having a structure or a take that isn't what you expect. And therefore, you don't need to have the highest production qualities, but decide where you want to be on that spectrum. Are you going to have a great format that gets the, the idea out there and is quirky or different or memorable or powerful to your target audience? Or are you going to go for something that's more of a high quality approach? In which case, think about those time bound series. Think about hiring the best talent that you can afford to do it at a high quality. And I like how you did the separation between the different kinds of podcasts there too, and the different kinds of purposes, because when we think about company branded podcasts, again, a lot of the focus is, okay, we're going to create another medium in the podcasting space, which is going to be another advertising tool that we have. And absolutely, that's one of the things that pro that branded podcasts give you the ability to do. Um, but it is still a podcast at the end of the day. It is still audio that you're delivering to somebody to listen to. It's not just, okay, cool, here's what we're doing in the world. Um, even though that can be a story that somebody can really latch on to. You know, if you're thinking about creating content that is trying to make you a figure in the space that you're trying to connect with, then you can create stories which showcase that your company has done the work. Or like you said, bringing in people from, uh, that, from that background and that field that you can use to help bolster your image in that space. But at the end of the day, it still is a piece of content that people have to engage with. And people might go initially because, oh, your brand is reputable or they know the specific field, going back to the coffee shop example, I like coffee, I'll listen to a podcast that has to do with coffee, but what's going to keep people coming back? What's going to be that next thing that someone wants to come back to listen to, even if you're not creating content, you know, that is uh, time sensitive, you know, even if you're not creating content that's coming out every week, you can create a series, like you said, that just lives in that bubble. It's, let's say a season, just to put a kind of yeah. uh, frame on it, right? You could create a season here and a season there, and if the content is engaging enough and it's captivating enough and it means enough to the listener, the listener is going to come back time and time again. And when they listen to that, that's what's going to make them think of your brand. That's what's going to help them engage with whatever you're putting out uh, post the podcast and beyond the podcast. Well, absolutely. But I think that one of the great things I really think is fantastic about audio content is it actually isn't advertising. It, it can't operate on the same level as a 30 second TV or a digital ad spot. You have to deliver something valuable because people aren't going to spend 20 to 30 minutes with you if it's just about you saying how great your company is. Right. In actual fact, that will have them switching off and that will be a negative point. You've wasted my time. So actually, you need to think about what are your brand values? Who are you going to have conversations with to talk about those? values um 
maybe you can subtly put in a couple of corporate adverts at the beginning, middle or end. Probably is good from awareness point of view, but even be careful about that. You know, even just brought to you by the name of your company is probably going to be good enough for people to remember that it's from you, particularly if you get the branding right. So it still matches the style of your your usually familiar brand. But just create things that are overused term, but thought leadership is about things that are valuable to leaders. Like what do they want to spend time learning about? How are you helping them solve their problems? Or how are you keeping them entertained, you know, on these long days where we're all stuck indoors? So you need to be achieving one of those, you know, kind of great, great things. Is it, you know, entertaining, educational or informative? I think the BBC used to be described as that. Um, and you need to do one of those three things and do do it really well. Of course. And I can even use this podcast, Podcasting Smarter, as an example, too. You know, obviously, this is a Podbean branded podcast. Uh, we're not going into advertising, ladies and gentlemen, right now. But, you know, we do talk about the podcasting space on here. We bring in interviewees such as yourself and people who are really, you know, doing great work in the audio recording space and the podcasting space. And it's not so much of, okay, cool, now use our platform, you know, because you know that we're a podcast hosting platform. The thing for us is using Podcasting Smarter. We want to create a place that people can come and listen to great content about how to make the best podcast possible, about great tips and tricks, uh, whether you're a business or whether you're somebody who's making it for your own enjoyment. We just talked for about five minutes about how to market your podcast. I think that's valuable for anybody, whether you're creating company branded content or whether you're a podcaster that's going to speak about your favorite sports team. You know, we talked about how you can produce content. I think that is really powerful no matter who you are. And I think that, you know, that's the message of our podcast here is let's go ahead and create a podcast where people can come and be inspired to do their best work in their shows, regardless of how they're using it. So, you know, if we just came on for 30 minutes and said, okay, cool, let's just talk about Podbean and let's talk about how great Podbean is. You know, we have the product, you can use our product, you know what it's going to do. And we would love for you to. But the thing is, hearing stories from how people are really leveraging the podcasting platform is really what I think makes this podcast special. So, it, you know, using this as an example, we're not coming out and trying to just say, okay, cool, just use our product. Here are the stories of podcasters. Here are the stories of people that are doing it great. And we hope that you continue to get great engagement out of that. Yeah, and I think it's just the early days, really, of this whole medium. People are still confused about what it is and, and how we format it. It's, it's much less sophisticated than TV and films um, or even radio. But we're just at the beginning and it's, it's such an exciting time. I mean, I wake up <laughs> every few nights with another idea of a podcast I'd like to do. Um, and, you know, I just don't know. I mean, there's only a certain amount I'll be allowed to do within my job. Um, I just wish I had more time because I think Certainly the world is ripe for a million new podcasts to come out there. And I'm, I'm, I'm deeply excited whenever I hear someone in my peer group um, launching a podcast and I immediately go in and listen to at least two episodes at least to understand what they're doing. So it's a, a great time for, for it. Of course. Well, Susie, thank you so much for making the time to chat with us today. I know. Pleasure uh, to talk to you, John. I, I always say that everybody's trying to make the time in their days, you know, so I appreciate that you were able to make the time in yours to chat with us today. Thank you so much. Great.